0: You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Podcast. And be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to season five, episode five of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo. And this week, I want to wish you a happy new year. Um, There is no guest on with me this week. I felt like, uh, well, I had an original plan um, for a special end of the year episode and All of November and early December, I was trying to find a time with my sweet grandpa to schedule an interview with him and get his story and have him on the show. Um, But unfortunately, he passed away in early December before we could make that recording. Um. So sorry, I'm getting emotional. I wasn't gonna start the episode getting emotional. I feel like I'll get emotional later. Um, But as I was praying about it, I just I felt like instead of trying to schedule a last minute guest, um, I believe that God laid a message on my heart that is going to be very timely. I hope for some people out there, and just bring a lot of encouragement as you as we start a new year. Um, and so, before I get into this message, though, I want to just take a moment to honor my grandpa, Papa Biondo. Um, because he was such a man of God, and the joy of the Lord just poured out of him, and he was one of those people that whenever you were with him, you felt like you were the only person in the world, because he was so focused on you and just making you feel loved and valued and seen. Um, and so as I was reflecting on the life that my grandpa lived and the way that he loved me, my grandma so well and loved his children and his grandchildren um, and just made people feel so seen, I wanted to focus on that name for God, Elroy, the God who sees. Um, and so let's just dive in because um, I feel like in this time of the year, really any time of the year, I think it's really easy for people to feel overlooked or forgotten or invisible. And so I want to leave you this year with this message of hope that God sees you, um, and God sees everything you've ever been through, the good, the bad, and He was there with you through it all, which could be a really, like, hope-filled thought or maybe a really frustrating thought. Um, <laughs> depending on what you've gone through, like, God, why would you have allowed these things to happen? If you were there, if you saw it, why didn't you intervene? And so we're going to get into all of that in this episode um, because I I found sort of answers to those questions um, as I was digging into the meaning and the story behind this name of God. So the only occurrence of this name is in the story of Hagar in Genesis 16, And so in Genesis 16, Hagar is fleeing from Abraham and Sarah's house. She's pregnant with Abraham's baby. Even though she's not Abraham's wife, she was Sarah's servant, and she finds herself alone in the wilderness. So before we dig in more to Hagar's story, We need a little bit of background on the context of this story in our cast of characters, and I want us to look at what lessons we can learn from God's unique interactions with each character in this story, because I think even though Hagar is the one who is revealed this name of God, who the name is revealed um, to—come on, proper English, Um, Jess—I feel like— Abraham and Sarah, or Abram and Sarah, as they were called still in this point in the story, um, I think they each get their own unique revelations about God as well. Um, so I need to back up before we get to Genesis 16. There's something in Genesis 12, also again in 15, um, called the Abrahamic covenant. And in chapter 12, God reveals himself to a man named Abram, whose name would later be changed to Abraham. And God promises Abraham three things, land, seed, and blessing. Um, So God was promising at this moment to make Abraham's descendants into a great nation and also promising that they would one day live in their own land, have their own land. So God is beginning here to unfold His plan of redemption for humanity um, because through Abraham's descendants, who would later be known as the Israelites, Jesus would one day come. And so God promised to make Abraham into a great nation, The only problem was that Abraham and his wife, Sarah, later to become Sarah, did not have any children. So time passes. God reinforces the promise again in chapter 15. But again, Abraham has still not been able to have a child. So at this point, many years have passed. Biblical historians believe that about 20 years have passed at this point, and there is still no progress toward Abraham becoming a, quote unquote, great nation, Um. Because you have to start with at least one air, right? So, even just I want to pause right there because how relatable does this point in the story feel right now? Um, As we stare down a new year, there are things in my life, maybe there are things in your life that you believe God made very clear to you, and yet another full year has passed without any tangible sign of movement. Um, And that can feel really disheartening or really heavy. Uh, Maybe some doubts are creeping in. And that is what is happening for Abraham. As the story continues, we see that Abraham has grown weary of waiting on God, and that he and Sarah decide to take matters into their own hands. At the prompting of Sarah, Abraham sleeps with Sarah's servant, Hagar, and Hagar becomes pregnant. Um, So (laughs) I guess the thought that kind of comes to mind there as we pause in the story again is you know if if you think god is giving you a solution maybe sarah felt like this is the way forward this could be the way that god's going to fulfill the promise make sure that this solution lines up with god's word before you move forward um because i mean as we're going to see in this story that this manipulation or sarah and abraham trying to take control of the story actually leads to a lot of stress and heartache. And God still uses it for his glory, but it it wasn't a solution that really lined up with the promise that God had given them. Um, So when we look at Abraham here, I love that the Bible does not, Cover up the shortcomings of the heroes of our faith, because the heroes of our faith are are not the real heroes of the story. Only Jesus is. And so all these people that we read about in the Bible and that we can learn from, they were all imperfect people who often made life-altering mistakes. And yet God was still always faithful to fulfill His promises, and God was gracious enough to still allow them and still allow us to be a part of His grand story. Even when he knows from the beginning that we'll fall short. Um, and I think that's so beautiful and encouraging. And so I'm just thankful that these stories of failure are in the Bible. Um, the Daily Walk Bible that I've started reading through has two really insightful lessons that we can learn from this portion of Abraham's life about the dangers of running ahead of God's plan. Um, So I wanna share these really quickly. The first one is that Abraham's perception of God was too small, when in reality, nothing is impossible for God as we see in Luke one thirty seven, And yet Abraham didn't believe that God was big enough to actually carry out this huge promise that had been given to him. So first, Abraham's perception of God was too small. And second, Abraham's patience was too short. He was in a hurry and decided to take matters into his own hands and manipulate the situation to bring about the desired outcome. He decided to fulfill the promise on his own, but it was truly a promise that only God can fulfill. So despite Abraham's moment of unbelief, he is still described in Romans 4.22 as a righteous man of faith. So again, like I was sharing before, what a blessing it is to know that we are not discounted by God when we make mistakes. He is still living and active and doesn't judge us based on one moment of weakness and doubt, which is such a a huge relief to me, and I hope you can find some peace and hope in that as well today, especially if you've made some big mistakes in life, which we all have at some point. Um, There is still hope, and God is still good and will still use you, even though we're all broken. Um, So let's move on to Sarah. So I know I'm going through these kind of quickly, um, but I want to make sure we get to Hagar as well. So when Hagar announced that she was pregnant, Sarah, wife of Abraham, has Abraham sleep with his, her servant Hagar, and then Hagar actually gets pregnant. And from the way the Bible describes it, it sounds like it happened very easily and very quickly, like maybe on their first try. And so I can only imagine how that news must have felt like a punch in the gut for Sarah, I'm sure we all have an area of our lives where we've been striving and praying and waiting for God to move. And yet we've gotten nothing but silence when all around us, people are moving forward in that one area we long for. Maybe you've been praying for a baby of your own and all your friends on Instagram seem to be having kids and posting pregnancy announcements and, you know, posting pictures of their kids. And that's really hard for you. Maybe you are praying for a husband and all your friends are getting engaged. Maybe you're praying for a job and all of your friends seem to be posting about how they're moving forward in their careers or how they love their job or you know what whatever it is. I feel like the devil loves to just bring to our attention how everyone else seems to be getting what we want. So what's wrong with us? You know, that's that lie like, well, God must not see you. God isn't good to you. Something's wrong with you. You're not worthy of this. And those are all lies of the devil. Um, So when all around us, we see people moving forward in that one area we long for, I think it's easy to start to slip into this jealousy and discontentment and really lose sight of what God is doing in and through you specifically, even if it's not what you want in that moment. Um, So I wonder if Sarah felt broken and alone, just like Hagar did later in the story. And I wonder how many tears Sarah shed when she heard the news and if she questioned God's faithfulness and provision to her. Later in the story, we know that God reveals to Hagar that he sees her, that he sees Hagar. But I have to believe that Sarah was longing to feel seen in this moment, But the Bible doesn't give us any indication that Sarah received a fresh word from God at this point. Instead, Sarah had to rely on the past promises of God to Abraham. The passage of 20 years didn't weaken the truth behind the covenant words that God had spoken. I think this time in Sarah's life reminds us that sometimes it feels like God is silent, but the reality for Sarah and the reality for us is that God is continually working for His glory and for His good, His promises—and are and, and for our good. And His promises will not come back void. He is faithful to fulfill everything that He promised. Sometimes it just doesn't happen in the timing that we desire. One other thing as I was digging into this that I found really interesting about Sarah in this story is that she seems to be the only one who did not receive a direct word from God. God repeatedly was speaking to Abraham and reaffirming the covenant that God had given Abraham. The angel of the Lord came to Hagar in the wilderness, which we'll get to in a moment. But Sarah doesn't have any recorded word from the Lord, And when I think about it through this lens, I have such great compassion for Sarah and her actions. I imagine that with each day that passed without a pregnancy, she began to believe the lie that she was the problem, that she was some sort of inconvenience or barricade to God's plan. And maybe she even thought that she was being selfless by stepping aside so that God could accomplish His plan through another woman, that the promise wasn't really for her since something was obviously wrong with her in her mind. And so this is all complete speculation. The Bible does not (laughs) say any of that, Um, but if any of that is even slightly true, then I think we can pull from that that Sarah's doubts and actions are rooted in an identity problem. She did not fully believe that she was worthy of God's promises. She did not believe that God's goodness could reach her. She was not walking in confidence of her rightful place in the kingdom of God. And I want you to take a moment, pause the show if you need to, but are you doing this in any area in your life right now? Are you trying to defer your promise to someone else because you don't feel worthy of all the blessings that God has promised you, that God is waiting to pour out on you? And if that is true, if that hits something in your soul um, or makes you feel kind of uncomfortable, then I want you to hear the truth that you are worthy that you are not an inconvenience, that that you are so loved and cherished by the King of heaven, and that He wants these good things for you. And He has a plan and purpose for your life. And it's not for someone else. He has other plans for those people, but His plans for you are unique to you. And you are worthy of them, not because of anything you've done, but because of what Jesus did to cover your sin and declare that you are holy under under His sacrifice. And so, I don't know, just hear that and maybe take some time, even right now, to go to the Lord and ask Him to show you how He sees you. Um, cause I believe it is so different than how you're viewing yourself right now. And I just want his truth to cover your mind and your heart and your soul. Um, and just make you new in this new year. Um, and may your identity be rooted in the father and how he sees you. Whew. Okay. So that we've, we've covered Abraham who tried to get ahead of God's plan. We've covered Sarah, um, who, also tried to get ahead of God's plan. Um, and now Hagar. So let's zoom back in on Hagar. She runs away from Abraham and Sarah to escape continued mistreatment from Sarah. The Bible tells us that after Hagar found out she was pregnant, um, she began treating Sarah with contempt. And Sarah, in return, treated Hagar so harshly that Hagar decided to run away. So here, Hagar—if we realize what this really means Hagar is being mistreated abused used by her employers I mean Abraham and Sarah are in a position of power over her she is the servant and yet they're they're misusing her they're abusing her um and so I feel like we could make the argument that Hagar was justified to run away. This was not a good situation for her, being abused by these people in a position of power over her. So in verse 7, Hagar is on the road to Shur, and Shur is on the way from Canaan to Egypt. So Hagar is originally from Egypt. We read that later in or earlier in the passage that she was an Egyptian servant. And so we see Hagar is returning to her homeland. And a bunch of the commentaries I read on this describe this as Hagar running from her duties and that fleeing here would have been seen as an act of disobedience, but that God in His mercy stopped her from going further astray. So the beauty of God meeting Hagar along the road to Shur is that God is continuing to pursue her in the middle of her rebellion, rejection, and pain. And just like he's pursuing her, he never stops pursuing us, no matter what we've done or what we are currently doing. In verse 13, it says, Therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. uh, She said, You are the God who sees me. And the Hebrew word for the God who sees is El Roy. Um, Like, I kind of— talked about in the very beginning of the show. So in saying this, Hagar recognized that God saw her and met her on the road to Shur, but also that God saw everything in her life that led up to that moment. God was not a far off, distant, sleeping God. He saw her when she was being used and mistreated. He saw her tears. He saw her run. He saw the depths of the pain in her heart. And He sees you in every moment of your life, past, present, and future. So for some people listening, this truth, what I just said, might not bring comfort because you have one of two reactions. So reaction one, maybe your initial thought is, "Okay, God, if you saw it all, how could you let it happen? How could you allow the abuse, the suffering, the whatever, fill in the blank for your situation? If this is your reaction, then please know that God's heart broke with you and that His ultimate plan is for your good and your healing, and in the end, He will vindicate you. And I'm so, so sorry for what happened to you, and I believe with all my heart that God sees the full picture of your life and not a single moment of your pain will be wasted. He will use it all for your good and your glory in His kingdom. We see that God instructs Hagar to go back to the place of her pain and deal with the situation head on. So Hagar doesn't let her, or God doesn't let Hagar continue to Egypt. She is instructed to go back to Sarah and Abraham. God does not belittle her pain or her situation. Rather, he shows her how it will become her platform as he promises her that her son's descendants would become a great nation. So now this great nation will also come of her. So this thing that started as, as pain and abuse, God will use it for the good of many, many generations. Um, so that was reaction one. Reaction two to hearing that, you know, God has seen every moment of your life and he was there with you. Maybe a second reaction might be to lean into shame, that if God truly did see your darkest moments, that he would never love you because he would know the depths of your depravity. And this is a lie from the devil the devil would love nothing more than to make us question our rightful place as sons and daughters of the King. What Jesus did on the cross was enough to cover anything you have done or could ever possibly do. God has seen every dark moment of sin in your life before time began and, and he still loved you enough to send his son to redeem your brokenness. So instead of leaning into shame in the new year, choose to lean into Elroy who saw it all and loves you more than you can even imagine. He is for you no matter what you've done or will do. The other thing I love about the name of Elroy is that you know he, he's the God who sees. He sees us, but he also is the God who can be seen. You know, we, he, he's accessible to us. We can see him in our everyday lives. We can see him working, see him moving. Um, and he has revealed himself to us through his word, um, through the Holy Spirit. So. He sees us, but he's also accessible to be seen by us, which I think is so mind blowing when we think that the God of the universe allows us to enter his presence and allows us to see glimpses of his plan and his heart for us. And, you know, the Bible tells us that now we just see in part, but one day we will see in full. And I cannot wait for that day. And You know, I think, again, I started this episode by sharing about my grandpa, and and now he is seeing in full. He is in heaven. He's reunited with his bride, my sweet, lovely grandma. He's at the feet of Jesus. He gets to see the fullness of the glory of God. And the fact that we get to spend eternity with the Lord and see Him face to face I think that is also the heart of El Roy. That's that's the meaning also behind this name. And the power in that is so life-changing and so hope-giving. So when things do feel hopeless at times in 2023, I hope they don't. I hope you have a great year. But if there are moments where you start to feel lost or alone or rejected um, or hopeless, remember that God sees you and that one day you will see Him face to face and it will all make sense. And He'll show you what the whole plan was and, and you'll get it and you'll see it with clear eyes. And I think it will be more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Um, So I want to end with a prayer. I kind of have two things before we end. And one is a prayer, um, a way that we can Pray to God as El Roy. Um, and so maybe as I'm praying this, let this be the prayer of your heart as we enter this new year. Elroy, Roy, you see me. You have permitted everything in my life, and it all can be used for your good. Because of this, you can always, or sorry, because of this, I can always trust you with the circumstances of my life. You see me. You guide me. I don't have to fear anything. You are also the one who sees the big picture. You see what I can't. You see how it will all fit together and how it will all be used for your glory and purpose. I release everything into your faithful, sovereign hands. Thank you for always seeing me. I am never alone, and nothing is beyond your control. Amen. So let that be your prayer. Tweak it. Make it your own. Um, but maybe that prayer can be kind of a guide for how you come before the Lord this year as we start a new adventure in 2023. Um, so the final thoughts I want to leave you with are again from the Daily Walk Bible comment in it. The commentary on this passage said, many people have turned and left the dock just before the ship came in. So as we head into the new year, I want to leave you with that thought if you are growing weary of waiting on the thing that you've been praying for, for what feels like a lifetime, don't leave the dock yet. My prayer for you is that in this next year, that your ship comes in and that you experience a breakthrough beyond anything you could have accomplished on your own. I pray that even while you wait, you feel seen by Elroy, the God who sees your deepest longings and greatest sorrows. And I also pray That while you feel seen by Him, you also in return see Him, see His goodness, see His hand at work, see His glory in your life. He is with you even now. Hold fast to Him and be confident that He will be faithful to fulfill His promises in His time. So that is what I have for you today. I hope that you are just feeling the love of the Father right now. Um, I hope you have a wonderful year. I'll be back in two weeks. We're sticking to our regularly scheduled programming. And I'm so excited for the episode I have um, for you that will drop in early uh, January. So stay tuned. Lots of big things, hopefully, coming in 2023 for the podcast. I'm really excited about the guests that I have booked. We're booked out through March already. Um, so I'm excited to see what God does in and through this show as well. So please know that I am praying for you and I wish you nothing but the best in 2023. Happy New Year friends. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries.